Welcome to Designing and Building Your Dream Home. I'm your host, KT. If you're new to the program, this show is designed to educate its listeners on the industry's best practices involving the design and construction of a single-family custom residential home, your dream home. A custom home can be small or large, in a rural community or in a city. What makes it custom is intentional design. It's a home designed and built with a particular family in mind, yours. It's a home that maximizes your family's enjoyment of the structure while addressing such concerns as indoor air quality and minimizing the annual cost to heat and cool the home. These considerations can help your dream home qualify as more than just a custom home, it can be a high performance home. Even though high performance homes do not necessarily cost more than traditional homes, not all architects and custom home builders build high performance homes. A high performance home delivers far greater value to you than a traditionally built home. In this program, we teach you the benefits of a high performance home and how to ensure your architect and custom builder build your dream home as a high performance home. And if your dream home is a home that has already been built, we share with you the most cost-effective modifications you can make to bring your home up to the high performance standards. So you ask, how do we do these things? It's by inviting industry-leading architects, builders, and other hot home design construction professionals to share their knowledge with you. In these last few programs, we have been, figuratively speaking, laying the foundation for your new home by discussing some of the design elements that you should bring up with your architect and with your builder during the design portion of your project. One of these fundamental design elements you should discuss are the principles of universal design. Simply stated, universal design is designing the home in a way that makes it more accessible and more usable by a greater range of people. Why is this important? Because as life happens, we may not always be able to physically do the things we can easily do now. And why should you be forced to sell your dream home because you can no longer comfortably get up and down the stairs or turn the doorknobs or because someone in your family now requires a walker, a cane, or a wheelchair to get around? Designing your custom home according to the principles of universal design means that the architect has taken into consideration many of the life-changing events, events that can happen to any of us, and design the home in a manner that is responsive to those potential changing circumstances. It's not much different from the kinds of things home builders do when they build homes for their own personal use. They don't have the electrician run the wiring that has the most minimum capacity. They have the electrician run the wiring and cabling that gives them greater capacity in the future if and when they need it. Why do they do this? 
because it's a lot less expensive to run greater capacity wiring cabling while the house is being built than it is to come back after the home has been completed to do the upgrade. Unfortunately, just as not all architects design high-performance homes, not all architects implement the principles of universal design into their projects. And that's where this program comes in. With the things you learn today, you will be prepared to bring up the subject of universal design with your architect. It's a subject that will possibly keep you enjoying your dream home longer, as well as making it more usable to a greater number of people should you choose to sell it in the future. To help us gain a better understanding of how best to apply the principles of universal design to a custom home, our guest today is Kate Daly, AIA. Kate Daly is a licensed architect in the state of Illinois. Hailing from Philadelphia, she moved to Chicago in 2013 for a change of scenery. The scenery change is now permanent. Kate has found a home in the K-12 studio at Perkins and Will, and she gains great satisfaction through helping design thoughtful and considered spaces for students. During the course of her career, she fell in love with a wheelchair user whom she eventually married. The relationship opened her eyes to the everyday challenges of the physical environment she had previously taken for granted. Inspired, she began to focus on accessibility and universal design within the built environment. She has worked on the accessibility of all types of projects, hotels, schools, big box stores, small banks, cruise ships, and stadiums. Kate delights in sharing her knowledge and experience and acts as an accessibility and universal design expert within Perkins and Will. She received both her bachelor's and master's degrees in architecture from the University of Pennsylvania. She's also a member of the American Institute of Architects. Kate, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, KT. It's my privilege. So Kate, for any of our listeners who may be thinking, hmm, universal design, that sounds like a bunch of boring architect speak, like LEED certification and green building, stuff that just adds cost to my home. It doesn't really provide me with any measurable benefit. So, Kate, can you share with our listeners an example of how the principles of universal design can directly be applied to the design of their custom home and provide them with real meaningful benefit? Maybe I could have you to start with the bathroom. Definitely, yeah. Um, one of the things that I've found in working with accessibility and universal design principles is that having a toilet room on every single floor is very, very helpful when you have a multi-level <laughs> home. Um, my my husband does uh, walk with a cane or a wheelchair, depending on the situation. And uh, about 10 to 15 years ago, my parents, they put in an addition on their split level, their 1960s split level home. And they'd been considering putting a bathroom on the main entry floor. And if you're familiar with split level homes, there's typically, you go in, you go up a half a flight of stairs, there's a bathroom on that level. You go down a half flight of stairs from the main level, there's a bathroom on that level. But there's typically no bathroom on that me <laughs> medium level where you enter the home, where the kitchen is, where the dining room is. And it's one of those very frustrating things that as my parents 
get older, they find themselves not wanting to climb the stairs as much to go to the restroom. And when my husband's there, he doesn't want to hang out on that main level because he can't easily get to a restroom. And so it's one of those things that wouldn't have cost much money when they were renovating the home, you know, um, with all the other money that they were spending. But now it would take so much more money to just add a restroom on that floor. You know, that's an excellent point. And I think that's one of the things that I kind of want to highlight as we move forward is that it does not necessarily cost more to design these principles of universal design into the project. It just takes someone being aware of them and meaningfully proceeding down that course. So that's a great, great start. So, Kate, um, I've got a bunch of questions to ask you, but um, right now we're going to take a quick break. And when we return, I'm going to have you walk us through the home. You've been listening to Designing and Building Your Dream Home. I'm your host, KT, and we'll be right back. What's one of your favorite memories? Hmm, let's see. Well, there was this one time I went snorkeling in the Caribbean when I was a kid. It really just blew my mind. I mean, when you're sitting on the beach, it's so peaceful and you sort of forget there's a whole other world under there just full of all kinds of life. We saw the most beautiful corals. I remember thinking they were waving at us as they moved with the ocean. And then there were all these amazing fish. They kind of reminded me of tropical birds. They were so bright and colorful, just darting all over the place like birds in the sky. I'll never forget it. It completely changed the way I look at the ocean. Most of us have a memory of being in nature we'll never forget. Let's protect the world's natural places so more memories can be made for generations to come. Visit worldwildlife.org. Welcome back. You're listening to Designing and Building Your Dream Home. I'm your host, KT, and we've been listening to Kate. She's been explaining to us how implementing the principles of universal design into the design of your custom home can make the bathrooms more usable and more comfortable to a greater number of people. We're going to continue with allowing Kate to take us through the home so that you can get an idea of how uh, room by room implementing the principal designs can actually make your home much more enjoyable and can increase your resale value because your home will be usable by a greater number of people. So Kate, if you could take us through the rest of the home now, let's go next to toilets and smart control integration. Oh, definitely. Um, Toilet rooms, you know, there is the there's the kind of seemingly obvious idea that you can make the toilet room larger, which you definitely can. And that would definitely help, you know, if you have like any walkers or even wheelchairs in the future that you're using, but there are other ways beyond just enlarging the footprint of the toilet room that you can make them more usable for you going forward. One of the major things is that you can build reinforcement into the walls around the toilets around the showers, around the bathtubs, which would allow for future grab bar or shower seat installation. Um, And it would be so much cheaper than, you know, (laughs) going into an existing wall, so much easier, so much faster. And it's, it's basically just a hunk of wood that you're having them put into the wall at grab bar height at shower seat height. 
Um, another great idea is to design showers without curbs, which creates a step-free entry into the shower area. That helps even people who have normal vision and just get clumsy sometimes tripping over things. <laughs> what, but that does need to be um, taken into account during the construction process and actually during the design process because you're probably want to you're going to want to have a, a, a recessed slab condition to help handle that drain. Um, it is kind of great too if you have one of these step-free showers that they end up looking more luxurious and they feel kind of sleeker and and hotel-y, but in a great treat-yourself kind of way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. Like it just it feels so fancy. I don't have to step over anything. This is just my life. I'm just walking. Well, I've noticed that that in the nicer hotels, that is what they're doing in the shower areas is eliminating that little barrier. And they just do that clean look and the water just flows down into a grate and it looks really, really sharp. Oh, it, it, very considered. Yeah, it it's one of those things that just looks impressive to everybody that sees. Not that you have to impress people with your home, but why not? You know, <laughs> especially when we're talking about resale value. Here. Exactly. Um, along with that idea, and this is something that's actually a pretty easy retrofit. It's not that expensive or difficult, but it's just, again, easier in the design process is shower fixtures that have both a stationary and a handheld option. Okay. Um, for even if you're, you've been like gardening and you want to like hose off your feet from all the dirt because you don't yeah. wear shoes because you know, nature, yeah. um, it even helps with that. So it's one of those things that it just helps in your everyday life and for all these different circumstances. And you end up having so something that can also help you in the future if you end up having some mobility issues. So um, are you talking about the the uh, shower heads where you can lift one of them off the wall and move yes. it around? That's exactly what I'm talking about. They, okay. they also have them in a lot of the hotels. Um, and the accessible rooms, they have like all these fancy jargon for them in there, but it's basically just a shower wand, kind of like your kitchen sink, how you can take out yeah. that spray unit yep. and hose down your dishes. Um, it, it, it ends up being a very helpful tool in the shower. And oh, it, and can't, I for it can't cost much difference no. to, to have a shower that has the two heads where one you can take off as opposed to a shower that just has one head. Exactly. It, it ends up being so simple. Like I even retrofit myself in our condo when we bought it because it just had the stationary head and I was able to do it with an hour and minimal cursing. So it was pretty good. Nice. Yeah. Oh, um, one thing I want to note about the toilet really fast is just um, that especially when you're adding the reinforcement, it's helpful to have a toilet located in a corner of the restroom and not in the middle or between different areas of the restroom. If you have it in the corner, then it'll be all ready and in the proper position for grab bars in the future if you choose to go that way. So if, when I'm looking at the bathroom, then uh, low-hanging fruit is just making sure that the builder builds in some blocking at the height where I would be sitting in the bathroom uh, things like that, just so that that stuff gets added before the drywall and everything goes on, goes in. And then if you need to in, uh, install grab rails in the future, you can do it easily instead of having to rip everything out to try to put that that backing, that blocking in. Is that fair? Exactly. That's exactly it. 
it's so much easier for everyone. And you can tell with a stud finder if there's something behind the wall too. Okay. Yeah. So then I also wanted to, because uh, I know you've done um, some work in this space too, smart control integration. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Um, when I first started, and a lot of this comes back to my husband because he was basically who opened up my eyes to a lot of a lot of these things. Uh, when I first started dating him, he was obsessed with these hue bulbs by the Philips makes where you can just like, they're Wi-Fi lights mm-hmm. that they're basically the switch is always on, but you can control it on your phone. Um, you can get them that have ambient light. So you can have anything from a really uh, vibrant kind of blue white light to a softer yellow light. Um, you can change the temperature throughout the day if you want. They also have colors. And I thought it was so silly. I was like, you have a studio apartment. Why are you using this? <laughs> but then it turned out that like, oh, when you go to bed and you have a studio apartment, you don't have to like, you know, climb over everything and move around everything in the dark. You can just touch everything on your phone. And wow. that, yeah. And that led to us. I think we have, it's embarrassing. I think we have. 32 hue bulbs in her (laughs) because you say hey google turn everything off and she she tells you how many she's turning off um but it's so it's so helpful um just going to bed and being able to see everything and that's another one of those aging in place kind of things that you can really help yourself where you're not going to be fondling around in the dark you're not relying on that um you know that bedside lamp that always has that tricky little how to turn it on and off yeah yeah. Um, along with that, uh, they have HVAC systems on on a smart control where it'll just automatically, you know, set your home however you need it to be set. Security systems, door locks. One of my favorites are fireplaces now um, because fireplaces, a lot of the ones that were built even 20 years ago are just so hard to turn on, mm-hmm. even if you're able-bodied and you're like reaching around things and it feels really dangerous, but you uh-huh. want a fire because it's nice to have a fire. Yeah, you know, um, in hearing you kind of run through those things, it just totally makes sense. And and I'm sure that technology is going to continue to accelerate. So you're, you're, you have the choice of running around the, the, the house, turning stuff on and off, or you can do the same thing with your cell phone. That's just mm-hmm. absolutely brilliant. And, and the flexibility it, it, in the beginning, maybe it just seems convenient and that's why you love it. But the flexibility you mentioned aging in place that it gives you for the future where there could come a time where some of these things you can't do easily anymore, mm-hmm. but you're going to be able to just operate your cell phone a lot easier than running around and turning on and off a bunch of switches. So putting that in place while the home is being built keeps you from having to later on try to go back and add all that cabling. Mm-hmm. For sure. You can okay. even just like make sure that your door is locked from the comfort of your bed. <laughs> oh yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, let's do this. Let's take a quick break and then we'll be right back. You're listening to designing and building your dream home. I'm your host KT and we'll see you in just a few moments. Hi, I'm Dr. Shelley Flace with today's tip for kids from the American Academy of Pediatrics. Kids are full of energy, but keeping them active in their teen years can be a challenge. Aim for an hour of physical activity every day. If they like sports, that's a great place to start. Keep the focus on fun, not winning, and encourage your child to do a variety of activities. 
If your child isn't meeting that 60-minute goal, gradually increase their activity in ways they enjoy. For more, talk with your pediatrician or visit HealthyChildren.org. Welcome back. You're listening to Designing and Building Your Dream Home. And Kate is our guest today. And what we're talking about is how the implementation of universal design principles into the design of your custom home can really make your home more enjoyable, more usable, and have greater value than a home that does not have those principles included in its design. So, uh, Kate, I work for a company that fabricates custom stainless railing, AGS stainless. Mm. And I know that appropriately positioned railing around indoor and outdoor stairs can be a part of making a home a home more usable. Can mm-hmm. you talk a little bit about railing around stairs in a home? Yeah, certainly. Um, many residential homes have uh, one of those stairs. It's kind of it's against a wall, and it has the one railing on the outside, and it's you know it's this beautiful thing. Um, but w- when you uh, age, or whenever some something may happen to you, uh, it, it tends to it's frequently only applies to your right or your left side. Sometimes you get uh-huh. arthritis on both, and that that's rough. Um, but sometimes you many humans typically have like a side that they um, that they find more supportive and okay. that is more helpful for them going up and down stairs. And it ends up being very stressful if you end up like down the stairs and you need to go up, but there's only a railing on the side that your body doesn't love. Right. It ends mm-hmm. up being a very stressful situation and you're, you shouldn't be feeling stressed to go up your own your own home stair and so if you if we build in blocking into that um opposite wall that typically doesn't typically has the family portraits and whatever and the beautiful and the beautiful artwork um if we build in blocking into that wall as we're designing these stairs with these handrails then it's one of those things where if you don't have a handrail now you can get another one in the future that will just easily go on and it already has everything in place you just need to buy it and hire somebody to put it in. That's fantastic. So like I know from the projects that, that we work on uh, for a custom stainless uh, railing, mm-hmm. adding the second railing on the other wall is going to increase the cost of the railing. There's no way around mm-hmm. it. Yeah. it. It's more material. It's, it's more custom design work, blah, blah, blah. But what you're saying is that you don't have to actually add that second um, run of railing mm-hmm. You just make sure that the blocking to support it gets installed when the stairs are being built. That way, it's there. You may never need it or may never no. use it, but it's there, and you don't have to rip up everything to put it in later. Yeah, the literal framework is in place, mm-hmm. and it's a you know it's a just in case, like plan for the worst case scenario, hope for the best. That is fantastic. Mm-hmm. So. Um, there are a few a few things that are repeated throughout the home. Mm-hmm. Uh, example might be windows. So you typically mm-hmm. you're ordering windows from one window company. Uh, another example might be doors. Are there? Can you share anything that could help us understand how universal design can help with with things like that, doors and windows? Yeah, for windows it. 
there, there are more and more windows coming on the market now, which is wonderful, that are not just the double sash that we're very accustomed to, because frequently the double sash is going to stick, especially in environments where it gets humid or there have been like too many coats of paint on it. And it, it's difficult, even if you're very able-bodied, to actually operate those windows. And so there's these um, great new windows that... Um, that you can buy now that are a simple kind of uh, swing mechanism and they're almost like a swing door, but it's a window. And if you put those, if you design with those in mind or similar um, easy uh, louvered windows, what, what is the word I'm looking for? Where the, where the windows kind of swing out a little bit. Oh, casement. Casement. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> It's a day. Um, so if you design with these kind of windows in mind where you're just like, imagine if you were having an issue um, with your hand or, or something was broken or you couldn't uh -huh. really reach over to push something up because that, that's a weird physics equation where you're, you're not actually putting all of your force on, on, on that, on that sash window. Um, basically does, looking at things with the idea of a closed fist. And if you had a closed fist, would you be able to operate? Oh man, window. that's a good way to think about it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it it's imagine that you just you couldn't twist, you couldn't really pinch, you couldn't turn. What could you do with a closed fist? And there are a lot of things you can do. But if you're looking at windows like that, or even just door hardware like that, like lever style hardware over knobs, it ends up looking just as nice, if not nicer. But mm -hmm. you can operate it even with your elbow with all the groceries. So if we're talking about um, doors, you're saying that instead of having door hardware that requires you to, to, to grab it and turn it, mm -hmm. you're looking for door hardware that what allows you to slide it or that it could allow it to slide, but I would abide by like the close fist test for that as well. So if we're talking about lever hardware, it tends to be like a four inch long bar Right, it's a, right. It's like, okay. yeah, like an inch tall. And you tend to be able to like just push it down or just push it down. Like imagine your closed fist again, push yeah. it down and push open the door or even get your hands kind of around it and pull it. And so yeah. it, they're much easier to operate. That reminds me of like you're coming home with groceries, mm -hmm. grocery bags. You're trying to get in the house. There's <laughs> no way. Yeah, there's no way you can also turn the handle with your hand, but mm -hmm. you could just lower one arm filled with groceries down on that little lever. <laughs> I could see exactly. that. Happen. Then push in and you're like, exactly. okay, yeah, no, yell at whomever to help you. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. So again, for windows, uh, we're looking for windows that you can operate without having to, did you say like lift from a weird angle. Yeah. And so that you don't have to like, one of the, one of the difficult examples is like a, a window over a counter, especially like your kitchen sink window. And you, you can imagine that that's more difficult to, for you to open than right. one of the other windows that are, you can actually yeah, approach and be directly it under it. Yep. Exactly. Okay. So we're thinking about that kind of stuff and how you can easily open that window without having to use that weird pressure force that's already difficult for you. <laughs> okay, yeah, I like it. And so then when you're thinking about um, maybe like interior doors, like are there things like maybe like pocket doors or anything mm. that's protected by 
universal design principles? Yeah, um, the pocket doors are a great space saver. Obviously, it's they're wonderful. But w- one of the difficult things with them is that a lot of pocket doors have a a small little mechanism that you have to stick your finger into on the edge to actually open. It's After, true. <laughs> yeah, I mean they're great, but like it, they're actually frequently very difficult to operate. Um, And so if we're looking at pocket doors, then if we're designing them and, you know, we're acknowledging that they're a great space saver. And even if you're a wheel, especially if you're a wheelchair user, actually, you don't have to swing a door and go around the swing of the door to enter a space. Then what we would like to look for are pocket doors that do not require those little edge poles to operate. So what we're thinking of are like a vertical bar frequently okay, or just yeah. a small little handle yeah that that is that is outside of the pocket so it ends up not being a fully recessed pocket door condition but it still looks pretty nice yeah i could see yeah. that um it, it it could actually add just a little element of design having mm-hmm. the door ex- not completely recess and some it's like a, a um a bar or something there yeah i could mm-hmm. see that so, uh, Kate, um, with, with um, designing a high-performance home, one of the things that um, homeowners are encouraged to do is make sure that they have some kind of roof shading, an extended roof, something like that, that kind of helps break the sun's penetration through the windows, which mm-hmm. raises temperature, means you got to turn the air conditioning on, things like mm. that. So are there any... Um, ways to apply the principles of universal design to the outside of the home that helps to make the home maybe easier to access or 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 more more enjoyable for a greater number of people yeah definitely one of the things that we can do is uh, make a covered front entry and if you're able to put your mailbox under this cover it is great i know that's a, lot a of people great are idea i love it yeah <laughs> yeah and um and I think we were, we were gabbing earlier that maybe um, even when it's raining, it's and you have that awkward threshold condition with your umbrella and you're trying to open the umbrella, but you're trying to stay dry. And yeah. it's just like a very it is a very awkward situation for literally everybody. But <laughs> having that covered entry helps everyone. <laughs> and one of the other ways that you can um, kind of, you know, plan for how your front entry could even uh, work better for you as you age in place or even make it look more attractive is to have some sort of lighting on the any exterior stairs that you have. Um, You know, it's it's not ideal to have exterior stairs if, if we can't help it, but a lot of homes have them and they look amazing. And if you're having the landscape done already, then if you're then if you just strain the electrics to have any potential um, lighting, it helps uh, one, highlight the beauty of any outdoor stairs that you're putting in. But two, it really helps with the visual um, seeing of the stairs and the actual okay. treads that you're touching. Yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. So um, I wanted to uh, ask you uh, about the kitchen. Um, mm. Before we do, let's take a quick break. And then, um, you know, that's one of the areas that we all love. <laughs> so <laughs> it's the best. So we'll, we'll get your feedback on that. So you're listening to designing and building your dream home. I'm your host, KT, and we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Dr. 
Michael and Norman, your health tip of the day from the African American Wellness Project. Infections like polio, smallpox, and measles used to be as common as coronavirus is today. But now we have life-saving vaccines for those and other diseases. Sadly, too many children still go unvaccinated. Choosing to delay or refuse vaccine puts your child and other children at serious risk. So talk to your child's doctor today about vaccines. And for more information, visit aawellnessproject.org. Welcome back. You're listening to Designing and Building Your Dream Home. And we're right in the middle of discussing all the ways that you can apply the principles of universal design to the design of your custom home and all the benefits that you will receive in in terms of being more usable, more enjoyable, and having a higher resale value should you decide to sell it because your home will be more usable to a greater number of people. So we've gone through a number of the different rooms in the home. Now we're going to go to one of the favorite areas for <laughs> most people. When it comes to, to uh, planning your, your custom home, there's a lot of time and energy that's invested by both the homeowner and the architect in the kitchen area. There's so many different things <laughs> that uh, go into designing a kitchen that you're going to wake up every morning and be excited about spending time in or be excited about having your friends come, come over and preparing a great dinner and you're hanging out in the kitchen and sharing a glass of wine. And, you know, it's just that communal space. Right? Oh, it's the heart. Exactly. It's yeah. the heart. That's a good way to yeah. put it. And it's an area that really does deserve that kind of uh, time and attention to detail and planning it out. There's not just the kitchen itself and the layout, but there's the appliances. Mm -hmm. We're going to jump right into the kitchen right now. So Kate, are there some things you could help us with um, considering like building a kitchen that is, is more usable? Oh man, yeah, there's so many great universal design principles that we can use to help design a new kitchen. One of my favorite is um, having more full height cabinets. If if you can actually arrange it to have that, or if you still need to have upper cabinets with your base cabinets to have them lower so that it's probably like 48 inches to it, as opposed to the typical is like 53 inches, which okay. helps with reaches. But what I love about full height cabinets um, or a lot of people call them pantries, is that it feels like there's more of an ability to kind of customize it and you make that rollout spice rack or yeah. you make those drawers or or any of those shelving that you love. Um, those are, it, it ends up feeling more like your home in a special way rather than just having your upper cabinets that everybody has that have been made forever. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, I, when you're, in you explaining that, what I'm thinking is, it's the lower cabinets that you pull out and you open the cabinet door and you can like pull something out. And then in mm -hmm. the pull out, there's stuff that you can get to quite easily. And then there's the, the cabinets that, that like really open up. And then there's the, the spinning thing. Yeah, that, the lazy Susan type. Oh, there you go, lazy Susan. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what you're talking about? That those kinds of things? Yeah, partially that. And then also it's just like, it's going to be in your um, 
in in a more comfortable reach range. So okay, just, yeah. Um, the ADA standards just a real. I promise I'm not talking about ADA, but ADA it says like 15 <laughs> inches above finish floor to 48 inches above finish floor is like the reach range okay. for people, and that's also a comfortable reach range for a lot of able-bodied people as well. So especially if you're going to be in the home for a long time, it's nice to have more things within reach. <laughs> so, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. What about um? We'll come to back to appliances in a second. Yeah. Um, but what about like under cabinet lighting? Does that help at all? Yeah, it, it helps it, it dramatically. Having okay. um, if you have the upper cabinets to have lighting um, installed within it, but you can even easily get things that are like click on, click on, click yeah. off lights that just yeah. stick to it. Um, with batteries, if, if you don't feel like having um, electrics run, if, if you already have a, a kitchen designed for you and you're just reusing something. But I, I, if you're using, if you're designing a new kitchen, a, a thing to consider that I had never really considered before, I helped with um, some multifamily housing standards uh, by the Kelsey, um, is that a kitchen with a straight run or an L shape is going to be easier to age in place than if you have a galley kitchen or a U-shape for a couple of reasons. Um, the main thing is like, imagine you're in the kitchen and you're in a U-shaped kitchen and you're trying, you, you know, so there's like a three sides, it's kind of shaped like a C or a U. Right. And you're cooking with somebody and you're like trying to open the fridge, you're trying to get here, you're trying to maybe go to the dishwasher because you're- And they're getting in your it. way. Everybody's <laughs> in everybody's way. <laughs> It's so annoying. And that's when you kick somebody out and you're like, I love you. You're trying to help the go away. in the kitchen. Yeah, that's exactly where that happens. Leave so. me alone. So if you have a straight run kitchen, that, that is to say um, it's a kitchen where it's like one wall. It's not both. It's not um, two opposite walls, like a galley kitchen, or if you have an L-shaped kitchen, so it's just shaped like an L, it, it tends to not happen. It tends to be way easier to cook with other people. And one of the great things about an L-shaped kitchen or a straight run kitchen is that typically when you're designing the home, there's going to then be a very logical place where either a table or some other loose furniture right. would be located. And what's great is that you can then customize that to whatever you want it to be. And if your needs change, furniture is so much cheaper than cabinetry to change out. Yeah, what a great yeah. point. And yeah. we're still gonna come back to appliances here, but I oh, just yeah. wanted to, um, I guess, dovetail that thought, whether it's doing the layout of the home so that air circulates better and, and deciding where you're gonna put the HVAC, the, the components, all that stuff mm -hmm. goes into designing the, the, the layout of the home. Uh, taking the time to to talk to the architect about how you want the kitchen shape, just like Kate's mm. pointing out, that just takes a very, I mean, it's not going to cost anything more mm -mm. to have that discussion with the architect. And again, not all architects, you might love their work. You might have been on their website and seen these amazing homes. Um, but not all architects do universal design. And I illustrate it by saying, when you're going to buy your first car, uh, and, you, and hopefully you took someone with you who really understood <laughs> cars, 
and, and you get into the car and then, you know, the salesperson turns the radio on and you're like, oh, that sounds great. And your friend, your your uncle, your cousin, whoever it is, says, turn that radio off. We, we, if, if the radio is bad, we can get another radio. <laughs> you're, not, you're not focusing our buy decision on the radio. Let me hear the engine and, and all that stuff, mm-hmm. right? So that's what we do with cars. It's a big purchase. Well, that's a way bigger purchase than a car. So you want to be able to have some of this knowledge so that you can have these real world conversations with the person who's designing your home. And rather than just like accepting whatever they say, right, they build, Mm -hmm. there's no question about that. But you, because you're going to be living in the home, you want a home that's not just beautiful, but you want a home that is as functional as possible that makes your living in that home as enjoyable as possible. So being able to say, what do you think about an L design or Mm -hmm. kitchen is incredibly powerful. And it's part of what's gonna help you to get a home that you're very, very comfortable with. And, And again, has greater resale value because if you're more comfortable in the home, and you're ready to sell it, well, you can rest assured that the person mm-hmm. coming to tour the home on sale is going to be more comfortable and they're going to recognize that right away. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So now let's go back to one of the funnest parts of the home, the mm-hmm. appliances. There's, yes. there's one, of the, <laughs> one of the jokes that, that I've made in previous episodes is that, you know, when you're talking to homeowners about the things they're going to have in their home and they start talking about and uh, start talking about uh, green building or lead. They're like, mm-hmm. oh, what? What is that? Okay, how much does it cost for me <laughs> to do those things? Okay, well, how does that benefit me? Like, to let in- increase the the uh, appraisal for my property? No. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, they're they're. And why? They're, yeah, they're, <laughs> they're less interested. When, when you're talking about kitchen appliances, that's something they're very interested in. Mm-hmm. So you walk in a b- beautiful kitchen and you see the. Sub-Zero refrigerator and the, the Wolf gas range and all those other uh, 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 incredible appliances, right? Appliances are a big deal. Yeah. You share with us how to make appliance choices that help them make the, the kitchen more usable by us over time. Definitely. Um, When we're looking at refrigerators and freezers, one of the great things is to look at those like side by side doors and rather than having the classic, the freezer up top, the refrigerator in the bottom. If you have one side, the refrigerator, one side, the freezer, or if you have one of those where it's a double door refrigerator that's on the upper, but then it's a lower freezer that kind of slides out like a drawer, which is like a lot of the refrigerator freezer combos now, then those will help with um, left or right-handed use going forward. And one of those, and, and that goes back to kind of that, if you're, if we're talking about aging in place, then our right side or our left side might become our dominant side. And it's going to be easier to have a refrigerator that you can get into from either side than if you have one that just swings open one way. And along with that, if we're designing the kitchen, if we're locating the refrigerator freezer in an area where the doors can open 180 degrees so that we can actually get into it rather than being blocked by the door, um, that is another great thing that we can look at in designing the kitchen. But when we're looking at like the oven and the range, um, it's helpful to have those with front controls so you don't have to reach over a burner to get to the actual dial and along with that induction 
is a great technology that I don't think we use enough. Um, and that's kind of safeguarding you from that day where you have the stove on and you turn it off and you forget that it's hot and then you put something on it and it melts immediately. Yeah, exactly. And it's just awful. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. So a question for you. So, you know, I'm going to the doctor and I need somebody to, to help me. And you know, the doctor's been in school for 20 years and they know mm -hmm. everything. And maybe I'm a little bit nervous to, to like ask a question is, you know, it's my body. I've been doing some research. I know what my, what issues I'm having. I've been doing some research. Maybe I'm a little bit comfortable to like say something to the doctor because, you know, they, they're super smart and they've been trained, <laughs> but you know, you just got to do it right. You, yeah. you know, your body better than the doctor does. <laughs> you just got to bring it up. So what about with, with the architect? So, you know, I've, I've listened to this show and I've, I've made some notes about things that I want to have included in my house. How do I bring that up with the architect? I don't want to offend them, but I, I do want them to know that I want my kitchen not to be a you. <laughs> I think a lot of it is bringing up um, your feelings behind why you want certain things a certain way. Uh, a lot of architects, especially if they've been designing a certain way for a while, they'll just say, oh, well, you know, you don't need it like that because of X, Y, and Z. But if you're actually bringing up why you feel that you want it like that, then it'll bring more of a discussion to the table rather than, oh, I like things like this. And then yeah. architect saying, trust me. And you're saying, but I like things like this. If, if you're doing the why, then in your request, I find that that helps to open up more discussions. I like that because yeah. who can say, no, you don't feel that way. That's, like, <laughs> That's no, not a thing. <laughs> it's a perfect response is, well, yeah. because this is how I feel and I am writing the check. So <laughs> those two things together should make it easier. Yeah. And I mean, you can collaborate. Like there's not one answer for everything, but if you're bringing up like, I feel this way and that's why I would like it like this, then that's definitely going to help you with your design as opposed to, I like things like this. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, Kate, we're coming up on the end of the show. Um, can you just share with the listeners if they have uh, additional questions on uh, implementing the principles of universal design in their in their home or their building. Those are all things that you've worked on. How can mm -hmm. they reach out to you? Definitely. Um, I used to have an Instagram and I haven't for two years and I'm trying not to get that back. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I have a Gmail. Um, it's accessible Kate Daily, D-A-I-L-E-Y at gmail.com. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you for your time. Uh, one of the things that I really appreciate is that you've got not just the experience for um, for this uh, role, but you've got the passion. It's just so clear <laughs> when you're explaining uh, the, the things that we've gone through in terms of the home. Um, and it's a part of your life. It's not just like head knowledge. It's like you, you're, mm -hmm. you, you're a person, part of a family that has a need for having their dwelling be more accessible, be more mm -hmm. usable. And yeah. so that's that's going to be the role for many of us as we age. You mentioned aging and design, which is a component of universal design, or excuse me, aging in place, which is a component mm -hmm. of universal design. But it's not it's not very practical 
to just assume you'll always be healthy. You'll always be able to walk up the stairs. You'll always yeah. be able to turn <laughs> the handle. Yeah. And there's one of the more frustrating things is going to be if you design this home just the way you want it, you're comfortable, something happens in life, then you have to sell the home because you can't really enjoy it anymore. Mm-hmm. How sad that is compared to taking the time and working with your architect and designing in some capacity for change in the home early on when it's really affordable before all yeah. the walls are up and all the drywall's <laughs> on and all the painting done, designing that capacity for adaptation and change into the home early on. It could mm-hmm. be some of the best money you spend on your home. So I want to go ahead. What were you going to say? Oh, no, it it really could. It's just it makes such a difference. You just stop and think, what do I want? It works. Excellent. So I want to thank you, Kate, for being on the show. And for our listeners, thank you for your time. You've been listening to Designing and Building Your Dream Home. If you um, missed any part of this program or want to review any of the earlier programs, you can get it as a podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, We'll look forward to seeing you next week. Have a great week.